Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 554, air date April 1st, 2020. Dr. Shiva Ayadure holds four degrees from MIT. He's a Fulbright scholar and has started seven successful high-tech companies, including Echo Mail, Cytosolve, and Systems Health. He's currently the founder and CEO of Cytosolve, Inc., which is discovering cures for major diseases from pancreatic cancer to Alzheimer's. He's also the founder of the Center for Integrative Systems that is the home of Innovation Core and Clean slash raw certifications and he's also notably running for u.s senate right now so welcome to the show dr ayadure such a pleasure to have you welcome everyone i just wanted to let everyone see uh what ari was doing but go ahead ari let's start we have about 45 minutes yep so first of all tell me about your background in systems biology and this relates to immune health and and then I want to talk about how all of that fits into the current picture of this coronavirus outbreak yeah so let's talk about that I just want to make sure I can give you the speaker view so I have you great Um, yeah so I think one of the important things to understand here is that I've had a deep deep interest in systems since I was a kid um, because I think I've mentioned this I grew up in a, a world uh, where um, you know the way that people looked at, at the body was as a system. This was traditional systems of medicine, and I also grew up in a world where um, uh, you had to figure out how to interact with the nature around you. Right. So in traditional systems of medicine uh, in India it was called Siddha or Arveda, and so I was exposed to that as a kid. But it was basically a systems approach to the body in retrospect. Right. You didn't see the body as a bunch of parts. Uh, you saw it as an interconnected system of system of systems. And in order to take it that way, the ancient traditions developed their own language. Okay, so we in the so they developed like a meta language: fire, earth, metal, water, or vata, pitta, kapha, uh, you know, prakriti. I mean, I'm throwing out these words just to let you know that these words may seem very weird to a Westerner. And when my grandmother used them, you know, you sort of understood them intuitively. So that was one life I lived. And when I came to the United States, I was very, as a kid, I was very deeply interested in medicine. You know, and by the time I went in and out of MIT, did many degrees by, uh, in 2003, uh, a new field emerged in Western medicine called systems biology. Because what had happened was Western science was recognizing that a very reductionist approach where you take a complex thing and you look at just the parts was not working. So, so I've had this interesting opportunity to understand a systems approach from the Eastern side as well as the Western side. But the idea is to really recognize that we need to interconnect things at all different layers from the molecular layer, the cellular layer, the tissue layer to building the whole understanding. So that's a bottoms up approach that Western science is trying to take place. The Indian systems of medicine actually had a meta level understanding, you know, a top down approach. And so from a research standpoint, the systems health sort of university and science that I built um, is the top down piece. Cytosolve is my other technologies of bottoms down. So I have this unique fortune where I can help look at both sides and interconnect them. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. We're, we're discovering more and more in Western science things like the gut brain axis, the gut-skin axis, the gut-mitochondria axis, the gut-lung axis, the 
you know, how nutrition interacts with our mitochondria, for example, how circadian rhythm interacts with our, our brain health and our mitochondrial health and our gut health. Um, and we're discovering all these interconnections and the science is emerging. And yet the traditional medical model, conventional medical model is still very much siloed. And all of these different specialties are separate. And there are very few people out there who are connecting the dots in terms of systems biology. And I, I think this is especially important in terms of the, the coronavirus outbreak when it comes to immune health. So talk to me about your vision of immune health and how it differs from the conventional medical models view of immune health. Yeah, so I think one of the important things to understand is, first of all, if you start looking at the body as a system, the next thing you need to understand is what is the language that you start using? What, how do you even start understanding the body as a system? That's probably one of the most important things. And well, that leads you, do you take a organ systems approach, right? Western um, traditional scientific approach has been the Western medicine of looking at the body where you take the body and you break it up into a bunch of parts. Right, so you, so you have people who are cardiologists who just study the heart, um, and that's a specialty, or you just study the lungs, right? A pulmonologist, or you just study the kidneys and so on. And that is an organ-based model of studying medicine. Um, more recently, a, a thing called functional medicine has come. The problem is functional medicine in some ways is a not so obvious establishment in my view. It's basically the same old thing, and they're attempting to do a little bit of systems approach, but their foundation is not a systems approach. So the way we really get to the, the real understanding of this um, is a very different approach. And that really led me to build this whole new methodology called systems health, where you start looking at the body as an engineering system and you need to build a language which you can actually borrow from an engineering systems theory. So that's what I created. And what systems health allows you to do is to stop saying, okay, I need to go to medical school to understand how the body works. You know, a lot of my friends who are car mechanics who uh, started learning the body, they actually look at the body in a very different way, not organ systems. So the engineering systems approach, if you go to general systems theory, teaches you a very different way of looking at the body. So forget organs, forget tissues, forget cells. And I could, by the way, I can talk in that language. Imagine that the body is made up of three phenomenon, the transport of energy, or transport of information or the transport of matter, but the key thing being transport. The second thing, imagine the body's made up of conversion of information, matter, or energy. And the third thing is imagine the process of storage or providing the structural elements of information, matter, and energy, okay? So I'm, I'm not even talking organs or cells or molecules or molecular pathways. I'm talking about transport, conversion, and storage. And what uh, makes you different than me is that your body has a certain processing capability of transport of information, matter, and energy, conversion, and storage, okay, than mine. Um, so considered in a very simple example, let's look at something like a Ferrari. A Ferrari moves very fast, right? An SUV moves a lot slower, right? Two different types of ways that they transport. Um, conversion the, uh, the, the Ferrari probably has a much higher revving engine, right? The, the SUV has a different kind of engine, which is really for long hauling. Storage, you can't store a lot of stuff in a Ferrari, right? But you can store a lot in an SUV. You see what I'm saying? Now take a difference between a laptop and a huge mainframe computer, same thing. 
the transport of information you know from the keyboard what goes on the screen that's the input io that's the input io operation the uh, the conversion is a CPU and the storage is a physical hard disks. So a big massive mainframe may have a lot more hard disk capability than your small laptop. Okay. So in that case, a laptop is a Ferrari and your big mainframe is a very different like the SUV. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If Different between an F-15 fighter jet, which is created to go very fast, go in, you know, precision in and out and get out of a situation versus very different than like a C-30 cargo plane. The reason I'm sharing this is that engineering man-made systems have this concept of different levels of transport, conversion, and storage. Well, in traditional systems of Indian medicine, for example, though they didn't know it, the problem with a lot of the Ayurveda and Siddha and these medicines or even Chinese medicine is the Westerner looks at it or the medical doctor and they say, oh, this is a bunch of bullshit. You know, these people are just practicing some witchcraft. What is this vata, pitta, kapha, fire, air? They don't understand it. Well, one of the big things that happened for me after I finished my PhD and went to Indiana Fulbright was I was actually made a huge breakthrough in recognizing that those systems of medicine were not medical systems. They're actually engineering systems. And what they call transport, conversion, and storage, they used a different word, vata, pitta, kapha. For example, in Ayurveda. Or you can look at aspects of in the Chinese medical system when they had fire, water, earth, metal. The earth and the water are like the storage element. Think about you need earth and water to create cement structure. The fire element is, uh, or the uh, conversion element is a fire element. And if you look at the wood element and the water element, they're really aspects of the, the you know, flow of water, right? They're really the aspects of the, um, the transport element. So anyway, that was a big breakthrough because what it does is it, because in those systems of medicine, Every food that you took or every input you took had a property of transport, conversion, and storage. They didn't say it this way. This was sort of the, I think the big contribution I've made is to start looking at this from an engineering system standpoint. So what emerges out of this is I can teach anyone, you know, to understand the body as an engineering system using this approach and let the medical guys do their own thing, right? But I'm saying we need to build a different way to look at the body and everything I'm saying here comes from, every engineer would understand this, right? The problem is the medical model that we have today was not created to actually take care of the body and maintain it long-term. It came from wartime medicine. The modern system of medicine was to put a soldier back on the field. After he's hurt or he's, you know, whatever, mangled up, you know, is to give him antibiotics, steroids, and, um, you know, surgery. Now, these are very valuable things in the unfortunate event, something horrible happens to someone today. But they have nothing to do with maintaining the body. So, you know, when my grandmother looked at your face, she could identify what was appropriate for you, right? What was the right thing for you to do versus what was right for me? And that determined what the your particular system state. And then you could look at the disturbance from that state. And the idea was simple. Who is Ari? Who is Shiva? That's you. Ferrari, are you an F-15 pilot, right? And then based on that, if you're deviating from that, the issue is what are the things I can give you to get you back to you? Now, the theory is if you take care of your body and you bring it into homeostasis, your body takes care of itself, right? It's very much like if you keep your car well-maintained, it takes care of itself in many ways, but you have to make sure you're giving the fuel, you're cleaning it, etc. So when you look at the immune system, the immune system itself, in my view, is in fundamentally the whole operating system of the body. 
Because if you take care of the immune system, you fundamentally take care of your whole body. Because it is sort of, it goes back billions of years, right? If you don't believe in evolution, well, it goes back to the beginning of natural design. It is a thing that cre is created to protect your whole existence. So if you're not getting enough sunshine and you're eating horribly, well, you're gonna create a disturbance in that. And you need to bring it back into alignment, okay? Now that disturbance for you may be different for me. Some people can take a lot, right? They can treat their body like crap. And you say, Jesus, guy, that guy drinks and he smokes and he's, and you see, right? And they're fine. And other people can't. So this is why medicine has to be personalized. Each one of us is a little bit different than another person. So the immune system has that same sort of variation. But I can tell you this from a system standpoint, the immune system was designed to be used, to be stressed, just like your body. So you were supposed to get pathogens. In the normal case, the body gets stronger and stronger and it, and, you know, it builds its own immunity. If you are immunocompromised, which means your body is sort of off kilter originally, um, then you're going to basically, your own body starts attacking itself. It has an overreaction. And this is what we call a, a, a cytokine storm or a weakened and dysfunctional immune system. So in this entire discourse, what's really, really fraudulent in my ways with Fauci and all these people surrounding Trump, frankly, they don't even talk about this. None of them, not one of them has said, let's give frontline medical care workers, if they so care about them, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin C, right? None of them has said, hey, let's take all the critical people, whether it's coronavirus or not, let's give them IV drips of 100 grams of vitamin C. And by the way, anything I'm saying has been done for hundreds of years. You know, there's Actually, well there, are, there are all kinds of media reports coming out basically trying to bash and frame as inaccurate anybody claiming that vitamins have any relevance to helping people survive coronavirus or boost their immune system. You know, all these media reports saying, oh, it's impossible to boost your immune system. Vitamins won't help you. Mm -hmm. uh, all, all kinds of things like that. What, what, what's your take on what's going on with the with seeming media efforts to discredit any role of supplements or vitamins well, to improve health? Look, we got to get to a point in the world now where we say to hell with all the big pharma, okay? The big pharma deep state is evil, okay? They need to be completely destroyed and annihilated. And, you know, sometimes you have to destroy before you can create. And I think that's where we're at right now. You know, my name, you know, everyone says Shiva. Shiva has a property of destruction and creation. One of my uh, mentors, Frank Zane, who was the only guy who beat, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Frank used to say you have to do destruction before you can create. Sometimes you have to break down your body before you can start building. And that's where we're at. We have created such a corrupt freaking world and we have outsourced our dignity and our responsibility for our health to people like the CDC to people like, unfortunately, look, MDs are very nice people, but their education is a, they're victims of a, a big pharma-based education. Um, I have cousins in, you know, when I grew up in India who are MDs, they're frankly some of the dumbest people I've ever met. Not to say they're bad people, but they, I would never want any of these people to ever touch my body or look at me, okay? These people are the, the worst in the class. Um, you don't have to be that intelligent to be a doctor. However, when they come out of it with their little white coats and their little ties, they're egomaniacs. Okay, and we have to stop recognizing that these people came out of a medical model. Now, I'm not, I, I, I frankly believe the surgeons 
and the anesthesiologists are very different. They actually have to live in the nuts and bolts because they have to solve problems in real time. Not to say there aren't good MDs, but most of them are basically um, if-then-else statements. If this, then this. If this, then this. Else this. And that's the way they learn medicine, but they're taught to be egomaniacs. And the entire medical model uh, of big pharma is designed that they don't want a simple solution. What about sunlight? Well, that's too simple, right? What about green leafy vegetables? Well, that's too simple. What about vitamin A, D, and C? So we have to recognize they want complexity, just like academia wants complexity, because that's how these freaking guys survive. They're like the boogeyman. They're like the voodoo doctors, okay? They make problems which do not exist to uh, define their own existence. You know, uh, when I put that protocol out there, you know, I took time. It's a three-page letter to Trump. It basically says, let's practice personalized medicine. You have to balance immune health and economic health. Let's get all the healthy people, give them DNA, and get them back to work. There's nothing here saying that the we have 380 trillion viruses inside ourselves. Anthony Fauci should be indicted, in my view. The guy is a complete scumbag. He made his entire life creating the causality false causality of HIV causes AIDS. It's total nonsense. And he created a whole career on this. HIV does not cause AIDS. There's, you know, millions of people with HIV. They're not dying. 70% of Zambia, I believe, has HIV. So this notion that a virus comes in and the, ask the average MD, how does a virus and a vaccine work? They go, oh, it's like the big, some alligator that goes, enters you and starts eating away at your endothelial tissue. And that's why you start bleeding. From Ebola, that's not true. What happens is the viruses are constantly coming in and out of our body every instant, every millisecond. Our body knows how to process it or we wouldn't exist. What is the problem is a dysfunctional weakened immune system caused by poor choices and a infrastructure where we have dirty air, dirty water, dirty food. And the lawyer, lobbyist, politicians in the deep state of big pharma has no intention of fixing that. So that's what this is about. And people better wake the F up because what we're seeing, we're at a very interesting point in human history because we could go into a golden age or a deep, deep, dark age. And that's what 2020 is about. And we're, right, we're watching it play out right now. What do you think is, what's your overall take on the, the seriousness of this virus? There's everything from people who are saying this, this may not be more severe than than a, than a seasonal flu or a severe seasonal flu to you know i have friends on the other end of the spectrum and i have friends on both end of the spectrum here but the other end of the spectrum are people who are like we're all gonna die this is this is killing you know this is gonna kill millions of people the only sensible thing that we can do is lock ourselves indoors for as long as it takes to basically for them to develop a vaccine that's going to to save us all and anybody who suggests otherwise is irresponsible and is endangering people's lives. What's what's your take on that? Well, let them right? stay all day inside. Let them stay all day inside if that's what they think. And if they if they don't know if there's if they're so ignorant about how the immune system works, let them be complete idiots because that's what we're looking at. This is no different than you know people in some village um, thinking there's a boogeyman and letting people control them. You, we, are, we are looking at a world now where we've created a bunch of, frankly, vulnerable, educated elites. You know, I was taking, you know, we live in Massachusetts, Cambridge, here, which is supposed to be the most intelligent people. Uh, the governor of Massachusetts says, go out for a walk. Literally, like drones, people go out for a walk. And you're walking along with them with their dogs and they're looking at you very strange. It's like you're in some movie. These people have become drones. They do not have a mind because they have been 
their brains have been, they've capitulated their own brains and they've outsourced it to others. And, that, and it's the educational system and it's frankly, many of these liberal elites are the racists. Let me explain what I mean by that. They have a, you know, traditional systems of medicine from indigenous cultures, black and white and brown. I'm not drawing issue here. I'm talking about a, a concept that traditional cultures always sought uh, solutions which integrated the human being's economic needs and their immune health. Okay. And, and they used, you know, things in our own environment to do that. So it's a real disdain for uh, traditional cultures and indigenous people who survived through a lot of this. So that's what I see taking place. It's basically a crime to think that only a finite set of people, Bill Gates, think about this guy. He has basically become, he thinks he's the emperor. Who is this guy? He, he comes from a lineage of people who basically exploited others, you know, including himself, who exploited a lot of people. He thinks he's a missionary to all the dark people on, in the world, right? He's going to bring GMOs to Africa. He's going to bring big pharma everywhere. He's a big ag, big pharma guy, and he's, uh, I think he's sick, frankly. And so you're looking at a environment now where we have a set of people who think they know better than everyone. And in, men, to, in my opinion, it's a web, and I think all of this will come out, but the issue is we should all get it out sooner. It's the Gates Foundation, it's a, it's a global, you know, Clinton Global Initiative, you know, it's Fauci, it's a CDC, WHO, and China. These entities have made an unholy alliance against working people throughout the world who are starting to dissent before this. If you think about it, in Wuhan province, there was massive protests, which no one wants to talk about, anti-pollution protests. Hong Kong was blowing up, right? You had two populist pres uh, leaders who came, Modi in India, Trump here. You had uh, Venezuela, massive protests. You had all those protests in France. All of them are gone now, gone, done. So this is, if people think this was not organized, you know, it's all right before you. And the fundamental goal here is a deep state big pharma. Next year, this time, their goal is, hey, I want to get my license. Oh, really? You need to get your vaccines. Hey, I want to go into a gym. Where are your vaccines? Hey, I want to go play with my kids at this day center, daycare center. Nope, you need your... So that's where this is going to. It's a big, big pharma deep state model. And it is entire intended to make tons, trillions of dollars. That's what we're looking at. Not billions, trillions. And they would crash the US economy, forcing us to print $6 trillion. So they every year can get a recurring revenue of $7 trillion. Because imagine 7.2 billion people now having to pay, let's say per capita about a thousand bucks for pharma's vaccines because the pharmaceutical companies are losing money, they're failing. Their entire model of drugs is not working. People are starting to eat healthier, people are waking up. So their only conclusion is, Jesus, we're gonna have to force vaccinate everyone and we're gonna have to make immunization the, the, the goal. And people need to get it through their heads that the pharma companies are phenomenal marketers, just the ultimate of marketing. And what we're witnessing right here is literally a performance art piece. Of, its, of the highest order taking place. So there, there are people who will immediately be uncomfortable by everything you just said and will say this is, this is conspiracy theory, this is, you know, this, this guy's wacko, he's saying this is all planned, this is all, you know, some big pharma plot, this is all nonsense um, because, you know, this is a real 
illness. This is killing people. And I know so-and-so who's affected. And I'm a, I'm a doctor on the front lines who's treating sick people. This is real. It can't just be some conspiracy plot. What, what, what would you say in response to people thinking that way? Well, look, let's, okay, let's go to the math. Okay. Math never lies. Physics never lies. We live in a world right now where a bunch of parents are being told by the educational department that the answer doesn't matter anymore. Math doesn't matter. Let's look at the math. Okay. In the worst pandemic, uh, Ari, right? And I want to leave the Spanish flu out of it because that was done during a war. Okay. 50% got it. There were many other factors. We didn't have sanitation, uh, uh, nutrition, vitamin A. So, so, but if you look at the six major pandemics, what was it? What was the total infection rate among a population? About 15%. Okay. What was the death rate? Well, the death rate was around 0.3% among those that got infected. Let's even say that this gets doubled. Let's double it. And let's assuming doubling would be what? Okay, 30% of the United States, 90 million people or 90, whatever, uh, 99 million people get it. Let's keep it 90. And let's say we double the infection rate to 0.3 to 0.6%. By the way, there's no population where 100% people have ever gotten anything, okay? But let's assume 0.6%. Well, you get to 540,000 people who die, okay? And let's put that in context. You, now you have 540,000 people um, who are dying from this event. Well, how many people die from heart disease? About 600, 700,000 people, okay? How many people die from cancer today? Well, about 500,000 people. How many people are dying from medical errors every day, which is the number third cause of death is 440,000 people. How many people are dying from prescription drugs killing you? That's about 200,000 people. In fact, if you add up the 200,000 prescription drugs and the medical errors, that's six, you're more than people dying from heart disease. I haven't seen a state of emergency, which frankly should be called for that. I haven't seen a shut down our economy for that. I haven't seen the economy being shut down by all these MDs who so care for the, or the public health for the massive increase in obesity rates or the fact that 54% of kids have autoimmune disorders. I don't see a public emergency being called for this at all, but yet, we call a public emergency. How many people have died now in the U.S.? What are the actual numbers, Ari? Do you know what they are? No, I, think, I think a few thousand. A few thousand. So now you project to 100,000 dying, right? Because Fauci, fear-based pharma Fauci, who bases his entire existence on fake science, needs big numbers. He needs big numbers. I have friends who are working at different hospitals, small ones. There's no one there. So it almost seems like they're moving this to the big hospitals to get nice video shots. That's what it looks like to me, okay? And then, and so these doctors, let's, I would compel all of these doctors, let's get on a call with all of them. Let's do an actual thing where we can talk about the immune system and I wanna ask them why they haven't prescribed vitamin D. Why? Do, and you'll find out because they know nothing about, uh, they, don't, they probably never even heard the word Catholicedons. They don't even know that Catholicedons are created when you consume vitamin D and they are used to disrupt the cell membrane. That's not taught in medical school. They don't so learn the interferon uh, system in medical school. So doctors are the last people we should ask about the immune system. You can ask your doctor something when you are in a crisis situation and maybe you know someone you know hits your head in some way, okay? Or you get in an accident. Go to a doctor then because he knows where to, if this, then this, if this, then this but they frankly do not understand how the body is a system. They're unqualified. And we, it's time in this country we realize, hey look, Western medicine is good in crisis care, great.
but it knows jack about taking care of the body. The fact that Fauci has not talked about vitamin D, he's not talked about vitamin A, vitamin C, either he doesn't care about the human body, knows nothing about it, or this is not a conspiracy. He, I think he's on the Leadership Council of the Gates Foundation. CDC, go look at their directorate. They're revolving between pharma. Go look at the fact that 1.9 million people get adverse reactions and require hospitalization from prescription drugs. I don't see an emergency being called for this. What we're witnessing before our eyes is one of the greatest hoaxes in terms of the fear mongering that's being done. I'm not saying coronavirus is a hoax. I'm not saying the influenza is a hoax, but the fear mongering, the quarantining of healthy people to crash an economy, who does it actually serve? And what do we get out of that? So just project yourself one year from now. Flu season comes. What do you think is going to happen? Your neighbor is going to come supporting Gestapo police coming into your home saying, Ari, you better get vaccinated. In fact, Denmark just passed a law. It just passed a law that they have the right to come into your home with police and vaccinate you. What are we now? What you're talking about is the end of freedom as we know it. Now, a lot of people genuinely believe vaccines are perfectly safe and effective. They think that it is actually a good solution to have, you know, the, the, the Bill Gates model of let's vaccinate the whole world. Let's I, I think he's even suggesting things like we should not let people travel unless they show that they're you know up to date on their vaccines and, and things of that nature. Or at least they can show that they've been immunized for the coronavirus. What, what's wrong with that vision? Why, why not force vaccinations on the entire world? Okay, let's talk about that. It's a good question. So what is a vaccine? What is a vaccine? I'm asking you, what is a vaccine, Ari? It's usually some kind of attenuated form or particles of uh, a virus or a bacteria that they inject into your system. Usually, and, but, with- but, what, but what's the purpose of a vaccine? What's the goal? To provoke an immune reaction to that to that substance right. and train the body's immune system to recognize that and, and already have the ability to fight it off. Right. So the purpose of a vaccine, now let me ask you, if I sneeze on you and I have measles, why don't I just sneeze on you? What's wrong with that? I, What's the I difference? Guess they, want, they, they want to give you a, like an attenuated form of that of that yeah. virus that's less capable of causing a, a, a real infection. Okay. So what is the dif- difference between, let's say I, get, I sneeze on you and I have chicken pox and you getting the chicken pox vaccine. What's the difference? What happens 10 years from when I sneezed on you in case one and you got chicken pox and we both went through chicken pox versus you getting the chicken pox vaccine? What happens 10 years down the road? What's the difference? Ten, if assuming the vaccine is effective, then 10 years down the road, we're, we're immune in either case. It's, I guess it's just a question of how many people got the, you know, the severe symptoms and, and suffered or mm-hmm. maybe how many people died as a result of getting the actual infection. Right. So what you find is that the vac- So when you look at the, the former model, which, by the way, in traditional cultures, people practice for centuries. All right. So in villages, in societies, when, uh, when, people, when one child got chickenpox, they brought the other child, right? And now why did they do this? Or if a horse got some disease, they would put a, uh, uh, something over the horse's head, it would sneeze and they would give it to all the other horses, okay? That was their model of inoculation. Um, 
Washington did this to help the troops for smallpox. It wasn't an injectable vaccine. They literally, it was called variolation, a small, slight abrasion incision. And they took the whole smallpox vaccine and they gave. So the notion of giving people a disease has been used throughout human history. And it was done for economic reasons. So what I mean by that is if you had 100 farmers in a village, right, and they all had to go plow the fields and they all had 100 horses, let's say, and, they, and you needed all 100 horses to give capacity, which was the economic sustainability of that country, of that village, right? You didn't simply let one horse at a time get it. You inoculated them because you wanted your business to continue. You follow what I'm saying with this? So this notion of exposure, strengthening the immune system, to have society move forward has always been around long before vaccines okay the vaccine model now along with that process people had another thing called infrastructure okay you you made sure the roads were clean you made sure your water pipes were clean you had sanitation so let's go back to the fundamentals here in 1900s what was the number of, in, in 1900 what was what was a, what was the infectious disease rate among human population in the United States. Do you know what it was? No idea. 14 out of 100,000 people, okay? Plus or minus, you know, what, whatever the number is. So that was in 1900. By the creation, before the creation of the polio or measles vaccine, guess what that came down to? One half out of 100,000 people. That means 98% of the infection, or in the case of measles, 98% of measles was wiped out before the measles vaccine. Question is how, why? So if you care about eliminating infectious diseases, that was wiped out before. How did that happen? Yeah. So no, so no. My question is, how did that happen? Because of herd immunity. Because we we nope. got it. Nope. It it occurred because of something very fundamental. It, it occurred because of sanitation. It occurred because of nutrition. It occurred because we ended child labor. It occurred because we started promoting vitamin A. It occurred because of refrigeration. It was called infrastructure, big infrastructure. And that occurred, if you look at that graph from 1900 to 1953, because in the late 1800s, the American working people, everyday people rose up in militant protests in the United States. And they demanded that the bourgeois, the elites in this country, treat them not like animals anymore. And because of that, we saw that infectious disease rate come. Same time when the so-called the, the massive Spanish flu epidemic took place. Because in that period, the elites in the world were treating working people like dirt. Okay, it was in the late post, you know, the, the beginning of the industrial era. That's what we need to think about. So. Infectious diseases, 98% of measles were wiped away long before vaccines. So Bill Gates, I mean, he's got his pretty home. He can send his daughters to, to nice equestrian places. He can shut down the economy because he's got the money. But what's occurred since 1960, 70 in this country is a destruction again of the infrastructure. How many pesticides are in our water? How many... Um, you know, how many pollutants are in the air right now? Number one source of death in the world is air pollution. Okay, dirty water, dirty air, and then dirty food. All brought to you by the same elites who control big ag and big pharma. That's what they've done. And they can't even get bridges and roads fixed. The United States got a D plus in infrastructure. When a bridge is not taken care of in time, when things rot, they go into the water systems. So we're talking about infrastructure 
is decaying in the United States, people's immune systems are decaying and they cannot address that fundamental issue. They, that's what we should have a public emergency on. Massachusetts got an F minus minus. Think about that by the American Society of Civil Engineers and Massachusetts got a D plus in corruption, highly corrupt. And these are the same people down in Cambridge who want to create the vaccines, right? They're the little biotech mafia. So let's talk to Bill Gates because he should be slapped upside the head a few times because he's a complete charlatan. Because the truth is that the sanitation worker and the you know plumber did more for infectious diseases than Bill Gates will ever do. Or for that matter, the pharmacist or medical. That's what the data shows. That's what the math shows. In the United States right now, we have growing numbers of immunocompromised people. And those people, immune systems are decayed. And you know what? For those people, you're going to keep what? Vaccinating them? How many vaccines are you going to give them? Because for every vaccine you give them, you compromise their immune system more. And that's what's going on. It's an addictive heroin crack model of the immune system. That's what they want to do because they want us to get addicted to high sugar foods. This is just a fact. You can go look at the numbers. The FDA doesn't let you label something jam or jelly unless it has 40% sugar. So the entire policy in this country has been owned by a bunch of corrupt people. And what we're seeing right now is this is why people need people like me in the United States Senate. Because in a crisis like this, people need to call out what is truth and what is reality. And Bill Gates is taking advantage of this situation because he sees a huge monetary opportunity for him and his entities. Look, he doesn't pay taxes. He moved all of his wealth outside of, of us. He should be paying taxes. Meanwhile, he gets to put it in a foundation, pay zero taxes, except pay 5% he has to give away. And, and he gets to determine policy. He gets to be the czar of the world. Who appointed him? So I know we have a limited amount of time left. I want to I want to make sure we we address this specifically. But you obviously disagree with you. you you've used the term fake science around a lot of what's going on right now. With particularly, with uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about there. There. And so I want you to address that, and then and what what exactly is your solution for what should what should be done, and why it's not correct, or why why you think it's not a good solution for people to just lock themselves in their home and wait for a vaccine. Look, there's a solution. In this case, the long-term and the short-term solution are the only solution. It's the, it's, they're one. There's no short-term and long-term. There's one solution, okay? And that solution is we need to make sure that people take care of their immune systems. It's immune health. It's immune health. It's immune health. It's immune health. Well, how do you take care of your immune systems? Well, you have to ensure that you're getting the right nutrients into the body for the right person at the right time. And you have to make sure that the environment around you has is, 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 you know, is conducive to that. That's it. Whether it's this virus, another virus, etc. And that is a discourse that I've been, I think, fortunately, you see all the, my videos are going viral because people intuitively know everyday people are pretty, have a lot of common sense. The people who don't have common sense are the vulnerable educated elites. Okay. But Number one, what do we do to take care of our immune health? Well, it begins with vitamin D. It begins with the green vegetables. It's really simple, okay? And it begins with getting the vitamin C. Is your thyroid working? These are simple things people could do today with a TSH test. Is your mean crepuscular volume? Are you, is your body digesting foods properly, okay? Do you have the right de density of hydrochloric acid and other things to digest your body, 
I mean, digest your stomach. Let's start there. That's like 90% of the solution. That will govern your immune health. Now, relative to this situation, it is absolutely insane that the entire economy is being shut down. How many millions of people is that going to destroy? Well, the solution is you partition people, as I wrote to my letter in President, to President Trump, let's take all the healthy people, give them, make sure their vitamin D and A levels are proper, and I recommended what I would do, right? The second level is the immunocompromised. Those people need a good booster of DNA, vitamin DNA, and support. And then you take the people who actually have COVID-19 and give them a nice high dosage to protect them from any virus, and then the people who are in critical care in the ICUs, they should get those protocols, but they should all be getting, you know, 100 grams, unless something, they have some really serious dysfunction of vitamin C, okay, and drip. This is, by the way, everything I've said is something that is in the literature. It's well-researched, it's well-studied. People can go to PubMed and just look at UVB radiation and, and immune system, and you'll see hundreds of papers written, a beautiful correlation between sunlight and immune function. But what's reprehensible is we've shut down the entire country and this entire modus operandi is to move us that vaccines and pharma, big pharma is the only solution. So we're supposed to, I mean, the whole flatten the curve model is nonsense. You flatten the curve, what? You're basically taking this curve, you're flattening it so you save time until what? The vaccine is created? I think that's what this is about. Until the, right. Until the vaccine comes. is created or, you know, the other idea is minimize hospital overwhelm and deaths. Right, uh, right. But, 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 but so, people not being able to get the ICU treatment or ventilators. Right, right. So, so, well, we should really talk about the hospital infrastructure now, okay? The GPOs and PBMs, this is a whole other discussion we could have. The level of corruption in the healthcare system where a five cents aspirin is sold for 50 bucks. Go actually start looking at the costs. Go look at the infrastructure disaster in most of these hospitals. All right. Now we're talking about a problem that was a pre-existing condition, which was a hospital decaying corruption that has taken place. You know, the GPOs and the PBMs who are the middlemen who cranked up the cost of everything. So we so there are solutions for this. First of all, we should eliminate the Safe Harbor Act of around 2000, which allowed these middlemen to even exist and pay hospital administrators kickbacks. And as the truth will come out, which it will, you'll find out the WHO was absolutely complicit in this corruption. The CDC, the Gates Foundation, the Chinese government, all of them ha are still involved in this. And it's going on right now. And my thing, as I just did in a, a podcast, is people should start knowing the truth, being their light, and finding their own way. And the, the good news is there's lots of information out there. But the fundamentals are, yes, we should take care of our seniors. Yes, we should take about the immunocompromise. Let's support them as nutrients and support. But that doesn't mean we should be setting down the whole economy. This is like nonsense. And the Emperor Fauci is driving all of this. He's the one leading this effort. And the economists on the back end are being told to backfill in for his BS, frankly. I have a personal question for you, and then I want to ask you to, to just have any final words that you want to share with people. But my personal question is, you, you are, I'm, I've been watching a lot of your videos, you're calling these people out um, in a very fierce way. I mean, I keep watching your videos and I tell my wife, this guy is just fierce. That's like the best word to describe you. Um, and 
I, I'm just wondering if you are at all concerned about your life. If, if what you're saying is true, then are you concerned about them coming after you for trying to expose? Well, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting question. You say, um, you have to f come to the conclusion, Ari, what is life? What is life? And everyone needs to ask this. Everyone needs to become vocal when you understand the reality. It's very, very simple. Without freedom, you know, I grew up as an untouchable. Okay, we were considered the lowest caste of the lowest caste. Okay? So we weren't, I, I'm not even supposed to be here talking to you right now. Okay? So to me, everything's icing on the cake. I've got nothing to lose. All right? Because where I came from, our people were supposed to be in bondage and treated as dirt, like de deplorables or untouchables. So my view is this. Freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom to interrogate is what it means to be a human being. And from freedom, we're able to dwell in and discover truth. And from truth, we're able to identify what's right for ourselves to create health. And from health, we get stronger to fight for freedom. Freedom, truth, health, truth, freedom. You see what I'm saying? Well, if you don't have freedom, what the hell are you? You're like those drones I saw walking around there. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much well-being you have. You are a slave. And that is the issue at hand right now. So what does it mean to, well, if someone could hurt you, hurt me with what? You know, what do you want to be? Do we want to be a slave to a situation where you people can come into your home and you can't move anymore if you don't are not vaccinated and you don't follow their protocols? What kind of world have we created, Ari? Yeah. This is about do we want freedom or do we want to be slaves? That's where we're at. This isn't even dramatic. This question has come about every time in human the human journey. Lincoln brought it up in the 1800s. Kennedy brought it up and I'm bringing it up. This is about freedom or slavery. And if you want to be a slave, go for it. I'm not going to be part of it. You can be a drone. You can get your, you can do whatever you want. You can eat crap all day and you can get all the drugs. But you know what? My grandparents didn't bust their ass in the fields of India with leeches all of themselves so I can get educated, nor did the working class people in New Jersey who taught me what I know. That's who I'm fighting for. I don't give a damn for these people. And everyone should stop doing that and people should get fierce. What's happened in the United States is people's, uh, you know, you, 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 <laughs> you, you start hurting your body enough, men lose their testosterone and women lose their estrogen and we forget who we are. We forget that we're supposed to be warriors. We're supposed to fight for our fellow humans. Otherwise, you're not human anymore. You're a robot. So people need to wake the hell up. This is not about me or you. It's about what does it mean to be a human being. In my view, we're sparks of God. And what that means is we're here to create. And to be, and if you can't create, and someone like Bill Gates, who frankly stole someone else's invention, and he grew up in a beautiful, nice environment with mama and papa, right? If he's going to tell me what to do, screw him, okay? That's what this is about. And it's all founded on big pharma, big pharma, big pharma. Bill Gates owned a half a million shares in Monsanto. You know, we've destroyed the biodiversity of many of these indigenous cultures. Corn and soy, that's all they're supposed to grow. I'm sorry. When I went back to my village in India recently, the, the soil and everything's ruined by poisons. We're not supposed to live like this. If people want to become robots like, you know, like whatever integrated robots, go for it. You can do that. But everyone should have choice. That's what this is about. If, if amidst this coronavirus outbreak, are there any just final summary words that you want to leave people with? I, specifically? I, I think the summary words are people should understand 
Without freedom, you can never get to truth. And without truth, you will never get health. And without health, you won't have freedom. And it's, this is about your kids and your future. And what kind of world are we heading into? Are we heading into a minimum security prison? Is that what we're heading into? And, and this is not a conspiracy theory. When China has 200 million cameras, when we're storing cameras everywhere that can lead, read your lips, what freedom do you actually have? And that's what people should wonder. And what choices are you making? And what does it mean to be a human being anymore? China is top down. They treat their people like dirt. Are we going to become a colony of China? That's what the question is. China, look, I'll end with this. When the British came to India, you know what they did? India used to produce the most amazing textiles, weavers, mills. You know what they did? They stopped manufacturing in India, shut down those people. In fact, there's a story where they cut the th thumbs of 5,000 weavers. And they moved all of that to England, Manchester of England, right? Well, think about what's happened in the United States. We've moved all of our manufacturing to China. And I'm not talking about nationalist or not nationalist, but the fundamental issue here is what does the United States produce anymore? And when, so where is this country headed? Are we becoming a colony of China? And I'm not pro or anti-Chinese because the Chinese treat their people horribly. There was anti-pollution protests in China in Wuhan before all this took place. Are we entering into a state capitalist environment, 10 people merge with the government, control everyone else? That's what Bill Gates wants. That's what Mark Zuckerberg wants. That's what Hillary Clinton wants. They do not want people from below thinking for themselves. That's what this is all about. This has nothing to do with a virus. People should wake up. This is not about a virus. Your body has 380 trillion viruses inside of it. Well, a lot, a lot to think about. Uh, Dr. Ayuturai, thank you so much thank uh, you. for Be coming well. on. This, this, has been, this has been pretty mind-blowing, to say the least. And uh, thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. You know, Be the light. Take care. Yeah. I'm going to stop here to everyone out.